Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey. Hi. Hi. What's up? Uh, stuff. How about you? All sorts of stuff. Stuff is good. Yeah. Stuff is super good. It's not, well, some stuff's bad. Can I ask you something? Yeah. Who are you? I am Kate. Oh. That's so weird. I'm Betsy. Oh. Oh, Oh, you're Betsy. Yes. I think I got born before you by the same mom and dad. Uh, yep. Yep. Story checks out. Okay. Well, (laughs) as long as we've got that covered. Excellent. (laughs) Check and check. Check and check and check. Okay, so... I want to do something here. I want to define some terms mm-hmm. before we go any further with this podcast. Yeah. This podcast, which is about reading picture books and determining if they're classics or not. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, mm-hmm. we need to define some terms. In the game, Mary Kiss Kill. Yeah. All right. Kiss is a stand-in. This is not normally the name of the, of the game. It's usually Mary Marital Relations Kill, let's say. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. With that in mind, uh-huh. Mary Kiss Kill, Star Wars. Uh, marital relations. Right. Leia. Okay. That is Dude, fair. she's killing it. Yeah. Like, especially when she takes the chain and does it. And yeah, she's like, and strangles And she's wearing the, the bikini, but she, okay, granted, yeah. she was a very unhealthy weight when she filmed she that. She was. She was. But she's killing it. Oh, yeah, no, no. She makes it work. Okay, wait, what are the other options? Uh, <laughs> That's all I can think about. Like, actually marry and kill. Oh, actually marry uh, Yoda. Okay. I like where that went. Yeah. Did not see that going. Because he would, I feel like we'd have really interesting conversations. Yeah. And we could grow old together. You make good points. And he wouldn't judge me. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Continue. Oh, and kill. Kill. Uh, 3CPO. Okay. I was really afraid you were going to say that. C3PO. Okay. I said 3CPO. <sighs> I meant C3PO. I always switch it, and in my head I say, don't switch it, don't switch it. And you mean the big golden guy. Yeah, and then I switch it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, you said it right. He's 3PO. Because C3- that's C3PO. Yeah. yeah. But I'm I, sorry. I, I'm, I'm calling him by his nickname. I think I said 3CPO. Yeah, anyway. C3PO. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Okay. Uh, and, just, and just not that it matters, but just, uh, but for my own part... Uh, kill R2-D2. What? Oh, kill him so fast. Dude, he's like your... He could be like a freaking butler for you. Like, Marital relations, C-3PO. Love that guy. No. Oh, uh, no. yeah. No, he's so annoying. He's so British, I think is what you meant to say. And that is awesome. And, uh... What's the other one? Mary? I like your Yoda idea, actually. Yeah. I'm on board with this. I'm marrying Yoda. Well, I married him first. Well, guess what? He's an old man. <laughs> He's going to outlive both of us. What is it, sister wives? I. <laughs> and on that note, hey, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, yes, so if you uh, have an alternate, and I can't understand why you would, a version uh, for Star Wars, be sure to let us know at fusekate8 at gmail.com or uh, don't. All right. <laughs> or don't. Or don't. 
Now, today's book is a little peculiar. Uh, it was inspired by actress Viola Davis. Oh. Uh, not something I've ever said before. And when I say that, I don't mean that the writing of the book was inspired by Viola Davis. This is not an author who was watching their TV and was like, Viola Davis! Kicks ass and takes names. I'm going to write a picture book about her. Not the not, no. My choosing it today was inspired by Viola Davis. Okay. Ah, you don't know the book I mean. Nope. Good, because this was a news item not too long ago, and I was afraid that you would already know what I was talking about, so drum roll, please. Motoroy. By? Oh, man. Oh, yeah, good Don luck with that. Freeman. Yes, very good. You He's got, got it. Fancy handwriting. He's all fancy with his handwriting. And it's not even cursive. Well, it kind of is. Yeah. It always. Yeah. Uh, have you ever read this book? If, I think I did as a kid. I, this is one of those books where, like, I think everybody read it as a kid, but nobody remembers it nope. particularly well when but they it, grow up. But, but you, it looks like he's trying to find a button. Oh! You have latched right... Boy, do you even need to read this book? Because I think you've just managed to figure out the whole... Plotty plot here. Um, now, this I should say, I'm giving you the uh, the 40th anniversary edition because uh, you see it was written in 1968. Uh, this was this edition came out in 2008. Well, it is pretty close to uh, to 2018 here, and in celebration, Viola Davis was tapped to write a uh, a new sequel uh, for Corduroy. So I'm going to read this knowing that there's a sequel coming out. Oh, there already were sequels, actually. He oh. wrote he wrote two sequels uh, to this book, but she is writing the latest one because he is dead, uh, as one would expect from a person writing a picture book in 1968. Um, why uh, Viola Davis is the one writing it, we're not sure. Um, I think they wanted to have an author who telegraphed maxi maximum celebrityness and... Uh, and everybody loves Viola Davis, so maybe that was a good move. I have no idea. So um, is it the publisher that's pushing this to be back in the mainstream again? Like oh, yes. Very much so. Uh -huh. Very, very much so. Yes. Um, the publisher, you know, when a publisher has a big name, like a big recognizable picture book name, they know they can just fall by the wayside. Um, I like to call it the Popeye effect. Uh, because Popeye... Once a beloved cartoon character, comic strip character, and now no child on the face of the earth can tell you who Popeye is. Well, that happens to picture books, too, to a certain extent. And they will try to bring them back, sometimes with success and sometimes with no success at all. And that's what they're trying to do here. Um, we will dissect the idea of the celebrity picture book in a different podcast. But in the meantime, read this book! Okay. Yay! While Kate's reading the book, uh, we have the answer to the last quiz question. Uh, if you will recall, it was for Stregonona. And the question was, how many times does Big Anthony appear in the various Stregonona books? Uh, and this depends on how you count. It's a sneaky question because he actually sneaks into books where you wouldn't expect him. Like, for example, Stregonona, her story. He makes this last minute appearance that's super sneaky, like right at the end. So the answer is six. Um, extra points to our listener, Mary, who guessed that he, he was in five. That would be true if we didn't count his, uh, his little cameo at the end, which, and I just want to really stress this, 
it kind of makes him Streganona's comical partner, doesn't it? I mean, without the both of them, this series doesn't even exist. And can you think of any other comic duo in history that consisted of an older woman and a young, stupid-as-a-rock man? I have never heard of this before, so I feel that this is a great, great work of literature as a result. Oh, I should also mention... We will not be doing any quiz questions for the rest of the month of December. Um, this is because uh, we don't want to. And we will pick it up in January. But for the rest of December, you're not going to get any. So, FYI. Hey, you're back. I'm back. You read a book. I did. And there were words. Lots of them. In an order. From beginning to end. Pleasing to the eye and the ear. <laughs> Huzzah! 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 Uh, yes, so this this is a book about a bear, mm -hmm. but the good people don't know what this book is actually about. Oh, Kate, I have decided to do this one myself. All right. Yeah, only I'm not going to do a voice because I'm not an actress. I can talk in a podcast, but I can't actually act. Uh, so it's just me. Do your best podcast voice. I shall. Corduroy has been on the department store shelf for a long time. Yet as soon as Lisa sees him, she knows that he's the bear she's always wanted. Her mother, though, thinks he's a little shopworm. He's even missing a button. Still, Corduroy knows that with a bit of work, he can tidy himself up and be just the bear for Lisa. And where better to start than with a quick search through the department store for a new button. So what'd you think? I thought this was a cute book. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. But I had some questions. Sure. Tell me your questions that you had. Well, let's start from the beginning. Okay. First of all, on this very first page, mm -hmm. there is a scary clown, <laughs> a demented white rabbit from mm -hmm. like, you know, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Sure. And then you no have this good. giraffe with the longest eyelashes, and I love it. Mm -hmm. I love those eyelashes. Is that your tattoo? Yeah, just the giraffe's Long eyelashes. eyelashes. Long Island. Because it ain't the clown, and it ain't that bear, and there it ain't must, that rabbit. There must have been a time when children would walk into a toy store and say, Ooh, I want the clown, Mommy. Can you get me that one? But I feel like that time has passed. Oh, yeah. Don't think kids, like, especially oh, since, oh, little Timmy, know, what do you want for the holiday season? I want a clown! Like, that's not a thing. But speaking of the holiday season, this book is perfect for the holiday season because it's all about you know shoppers that's true going around trying to find the perfect gift mm -hmm. and they're all dressed in warm weather clothing so mm -hmm. you know it's got to be around that time yep, yep. um but i didn't realize uh, so many books that we've done revolve around white people oh yeah and i didn't realize that until this book and i was like oh huh that's a point i'd like to talk a little bit about i mean so when we think of, like, classic books uh, that have come out that, that starred people who weren't white, uh, who were kids, everyone thinks of the snowy day. Snowy day, snowy day. Snowy day came in 1962. Uh, you, you have, we haven't gotten to it yet. You, nah, would, I have, no you, would, you have no idea what I'm talking about. Nope. But it, everyone, trust me, there's been postage stamps of it this year. It's all about the snowy day. This book comes out six years later, 1968. I feel like nobody mentions the, this fact that it's just a casually diverse book. Yeah. Now, not, I should say, Don Freeman, who, who wrote the book, was not himself. Uh, 
He was just a white guy. Yeah. And so they're, you know, not... Which I thought was Not hashtagging voices, but... Because they have pictures of him in the back of this yeah. book with, like, all the extended information. So why would a white man in 1968... Mm-hmm. 1968. Decide to have the mother and daughter of this book not be white? I think that Snowy Day opened a door. And by 1968, there was a real call for diverse kids of, in children's books. Because of the civil rights? Because of the civil rights yeah. movement, because, uh, you know, because after the snowy day, it was now no longer, uh, it, I'm not saying it was forbidden before, but it's just like no one even thought to do it to a certain extent. But also probably in some parts of the country, it was forbidden. And uh, in 1968, there was like people saying, hey, you know, we need like more books with, a, you know, windows and mirrors before it was windows and mirrors. And this book comes out and to fill that need to a certain extent. And it's a beautiful book. And it is the whole, and what I love about it, the whole point of the book isn't, look, she's black. Yeah. And it's, yeah. that is not the point of the book. Um, also, love the mom. Yeah, she's she's. Very... Look at what the mom's wearing. She, that mom is elegant too. Well, I like nine. the little girl's jacket. Oh, the little girl's got it going on too. That jacket is so cool. But do okay. So here's my question: hmm. Is is this bear the only bear that's alive? Okay, so that was a question my daughter had. Okay, so I bring this book home and I was like, "All right, let's get the kid perspective on uh -huh. this," because I had never read it myself. They, my, my six-year-old, three-year-old, had apparently, at least my six-year-old, had encountered this at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but she couldn't, like all of us, she couldn't remember where. And she's six. Um, and she asked me later, she was like, okay, so is the bear actually alive? Or is this all, like, in the girl's imagination? Yeah. Which is a legitimate question. Now, I would point out, the other animals all appear to be asleep. When he's getting up and moving around, whereas yeah. before their eyes were open. Yeah. So I think they're all supposed to be alive. But notice but... the clown is gone. Yeah, the clown is Oh, God. Now I'm really scared. Where did the clown go? And why is he not there? What's he doing in the department store? Um, if he's still in the department store. My other question is, okay, so there's a loud noise that happens when the bear knocks over a lamp trying mm -hmm. to pull a button off of a mattress. Right? right. And the security guard hears this noise, <laughs> runs upstairs, finds this stuffed bear in a bed, and he's like, oh, it was just this stuffed bear. No, no, yeah. no. That is the worst security guard <laughs> in the very history good of job. security guards. No, he's... He literally went for the first explanation he could possibly grab. The bear! The oh. clown's back! The clown! <laughs> Is back, and now he's sitting, and, and he's moved. Yeah, and he's moved. He was, they've all moved, actually. Yeah. Okay, that's unnerving. <laughs> yeah, that, now cord Corduroy, don't sleep there. <laughs> but, okay. You'll float away. Here's my other question, which kind of goes along with your daughter's question, because mm -hmm. the entire time in this book, the bear's dialogue seems to be within himself. Yeah. Um, he's able to hear everything that's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's an but, interior monologue. To but it's, extent, but yeah. it's, it's all inside until the last page. Mm -hmm. when, she, when, the, when the bear says, you must be a friend. I've always wanted a friend. And the girl replies, me too. Okay. But that would back up the theory that this was just all in her head. But, right? Like she's having him speak and she's... 
So you think back? So, so you think she, all in her head was like the backstory of this bear, not yeah, well, realizing that it was missing a bus button and then went out and went and tried to find a button and then the, the security guard brought the bear back down. Like, well, here's something that my six year old pointed out also tonight. She was like, "If this is all in her head, then this is a really boring story." Girl went to the department store, saw bear, went back, got her allowance, went back, bought bear, brought him home, sewed a button on him. Like, that's the whole story. So but, it's much better if he's actually walking around. Well, and also, I'm quite impressed that this little girl knows how to sew. Uh, back then, everyone knew how to sew. We don't know how, but yeah, she is... I mean, she's supposed she's to be... Old, she's young enough that she still wants a bear, but I'm, she is old enough... Yeah, I feel like her age kind of shifts, because the girl, the little girl walking with her mother in the department store, the early shot... And then you see her kneeling with him in her bedroom. Yeah, and her legs and she, all her legs are, much longer. Suddenly she looks much older. Yeah. She looks like 12 in that picture. And it was just supposed to be like a day later. Yeah. And by the way, she looks like she would not fit in her own bed. I'm just going to point out. But it, but we did clarify that it's snowing outside, so the cold yeah. weather. Cold weather, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so this would be probably around the holiday season. She's got a pretty cool room, i got to say. I'm very it, impressed. But yeah, it's just really confusing. Is is the bear alive or is it not? Well, sequels could potentially uh, answer that question to a certain extent. I'm just so. going to leave this page open to the clown just so you can look at it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks, Kate. You're welcome. Thanks. That's, that's so sweet of you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so A Pocket for Corduroy uh, was one of the sequels. It came out. Like, ten years later, in 1978. Same, and then, same guy? Same guy. Then he dies. Uh, and the children's book author B.G. Hennessy wrote uh, Corduroy Lost and Found as a sequel to the works. I don't know how some other dude managed to get the right to write another Corduroy. And, and that was... In 2006, so we have 1968, 1978, 2006, and then whenever the Viola Davis comes out, well, I guess that's next year, so 2018. Wow. So they seem to come out with big, big old gaps, uh, which does suggest that it's not particularly well-remembered, but it did make it on my poll. So remember, I polled uh, my readers on my, on my SLJ poll blog. And I asked them uh, to name their top 10 picture books and to rank them, and then each one got a point, and then I came up with the top 100 from their responses. Uh, number 22 was Corduroy. That's pretty high. Yeah. Um, and here, but, but in evidence that this book is not that well remembered, if you go to the Wikipedia page for Corduroy, it lists my poll as one of the things, which indicates to me that it's not that well remembered, because if you have to cite my poll, then... You know, but that's the only time I've ever seen it on a, on a Wikipedia write-up for a book before, which was kind of interesting, particularly since my poll got the year of publication wrong. Oh. I said, uh, oh gosh, what did I say? I think I said 78, uh -huh. um, which was when the sequel was, so I got all confused with that one. But the Wikipedia page is, in fact, correct. We do know how the author came up with the book. Um, in an interview, he said, and this is a quote, of course, can't remember exactly how it started, but I do recall wanting to do a story about a department store in which a character wanders around at night after the doors close. Then I also wanted the story to show the vast difference between the luxury of the department store and the simple life most people live. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. It is the only time I've seen a department store 
like from that time period used in a children's book. Oh, um, yeah. But you don't see them now, and you don't see them that often. But it is kind of cool. It's kind of... Uh, see, I'm dating myself. You're not going to get a Today's Special reference, right? A what? There was a Nickelodeon show called Today's Special, where yep. when the doors closed on a department store, a night watchman, a mouse, and a woman who was there for... We're not sure what reason... Uh, hung out with a magical mannequin who would come to life if you put his hat on his head and said, Hocus Pocus Alamodocus. It's called uh, Today's Special, and it was my favorite after-hours department store television show of all time. Um, and it came out after this book, so clearly inspired, I would say, by Corduroy. <laughs> uh, nobody remembers his author. Um, Don Freeman must have been a very nice, normal guy, because I don't have any dirt on him. Uh <laughs> Though he supported himself by working as a dance band musician at night, playing the trumpet in nightclubs and wedding receptions. Cool. And then one night on his way home from work, he lost his trumpet on the subway. Aww. Uh, and after that incident, he decided it was time to concentrate on making a living with his sketches. I'm not oh, sure so how... He, so he wrote and illustrated this. Yes, he wrote and illustrated. It's really beautiful illustrations. They almost look like woodcuts. I don't know. Except for that clown. Yeah, that clown is freaky. Who's also missing a button. We don't know that. That he things sort well, of clown like, has one button. No, I think it's behind the his finger. I think he's I think he's covering up his own button. I don't think oh. so, man. I think there's something going on here. Someone is stealing buttons. That's the hint that should be the sequel. The, <laughs> the button thief? The button thief. I like the title The Button Thief. And then the button thief meets up with Corduroy and the clown. And then there's a smackdown? Yeah. <laughs> button thief clown corduroy smackdown. <laughs> Apparently, this is the theme song. <laughs> there was actually a movie, a little movie, um, an old film strip that my library used to show, uh, which was this terribly frightening combination of, like, so sometimes Corduroy was a puppet, but then when he was walking around, they made, like, this full-size Corduroy suit for a grown man, I'm going to say, with a gigantic set, and then he'd kind of walk around that, and then you'd go back to a puppet. It wasn't unnerving at all. Not at all. Hmm. And there was a Saturday morning cartoon show. <laughs> so, there you go. It's been totally covered in every possible... Oh, and I should say, right. Uh, also, a fellow in, in 2016, uh, November 2016, they announced that Tim Story will direct a film adaptation uh, and that Walden Media will co-develop the project. It's like if someone tried to make The Hungry Caterpillar into a full-length movie. I, I just It's don't... weird that it's not been done. I think it's because he's still alive. I just don't <laughs> see Carl. it happening, though. It's not... No. There's not enough content to make it... There's no drama. Yeah. I mean, aside from, will he survive his bellyache? Yeah. Well, I mean, Which the only I'm drama here is, you know, finding a button. Which he fails to do. He fails in his quest. He gets a button at the end, but it's by no... Like, he has actually worked well, against his better, uh, you know, he, 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 things could have gone so well for him if he hadn't moved at all. He all, he came close to getting lost at a department store, at which point the little girl would not have found him. It was cute that he thought going up an escalator that he was climbing a mountain. Like, oh yeah. No, no, no. This is like, a cute book. This sweet. is, and I would say this book comes by its cuteness fairly. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't cloy. It doesn't. It doesn't try to be cuter than it is. It's 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 pretty just the last page that confuses me. Is the yeah. bear talking to the girl and the girl's talking to the bear, or is it in his mind? Is it in her mind? 
Is it Here, real? I think we is can it... clear this up very easily. Is the bear's mouth open at the end? And the answer, I believe, is no. We will check this, but, uh, well, no. The bear's mouth is not open. But she says the last line. Well, her mouth could well be open, but it's hidden behind him. Right, so he would have said, you must be a oh, friend. I mean... I've always wanted a friend. And then his mouth would be closed when right. she says, me too. So it could be capturing when she's talking. Maybe so. Maybe so. Or maybe they communicate telepathically. I don't know. We really don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll just have to do the sequel with the pocket Ugh. to figure out what the deal is. <laughs> ah. All right. Ratings time. Rating, 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 rating. Rating time. Is it a classic? Is it a classic? It's been around since 1968. It has survived all this time. It, uh... It has lots of doodads in the back of this special edition that involve sketches and things like that. It was incredibly notable for its, uh, the, well, just the fact that the, that the girl is not white, which was such a, uh, like every book sometimes it felt like back then. And this was different. Yeah, I'm, um, I would say... Uh, on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the most classic classic, classic book ever written. With the classic in the classicness. And 1 being crap. Crap! Um, I, think, uh, I think this would be a nice 6.5. Maybe a 7. I'm going 7. I'm going 7. Interesting. I was thinking, I was even entertaining the possibility of an 8. But I took it down because I'm not going to call it forgettable. Everyone who reads it, I feel like, remembers that they have read it or at least looks at the covers like, oh, yeah, somebody read me that at some point. I don't know. It's, it's a re the- You know what? I don't think it's a reread book. Like, there's some picture books where, like, the kid would... I'm, and I'm not saying there isn't a kid out there who would want it reread to them every single night. But it just doesn't have the qualities that a reread book tends to have. Um, Would you reread this in front of a group of kids? Like I've read it to you guys once. I'm gonna read it again. No, like no, like it, like a classroom of kids. Oh well, yeah, you could read this to a classroom of kids. I can't imagine it would be the most interesting reading. Um, like you could do it. it. It's a good length for it because as any children's librarian eventually has to learn at some point, uh, there are some books that are they're terribly long. Old. Like if I ran books. the zoo. If I Ran the Zoo is a pretty good example. Dr. Seuss picture books, in general, like I once tried to do Horton Hatches the Egg, and I discovered that the Bible ain't got nothing on Horton Hatches the Egg. <laughs> and uh, Blueberries for Sal, which seems so reasonable until you read it to small children, and then you realize, no. This, on the other hand, you could read to a group, and I don't think you would have... But they might not be interested. Well, they would, and they would, they would once he's walking around. I don't mm-hmm. think they'd be as interested in the girls, like, ooh, I want this. But that passes pretty quickly. Right. So, yeah, teddy bear walking around store at night, that kind of sells itself. Yeah. Yeah. And he's likable. He's, he's cute, but he's not, uh, you know, he's not, like, cutesy. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty accurate teddy bear, I'd say. That's Only he's got overalls. He's, it, okay, so the book has a memorable name. Yeah. I mean, you can't forget a name Corduroy. Exactly. That's very good point, actually. That may be part of the reason it's lasted as long as it has. No one remembers the author. No. But everyone remembers the name. And you and I knew what the story was about just by looking at the cover. There you go. 
Like, oh, should I get this book? It appears to be about a teddy bear looking for a button. Done. 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 That's a pretty safe yep. choice. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's pretty much what you got. You, you, like, what you see is what you get. Yeah. I like that it's it's a simple story. I like that it's it's sweet. I like that the girl buys the bear with her own money. That is nice, actually. Um, I like that the girl also isn't stark white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, especially with it coming out in the 60s, I think that mm-hmm. holds some merit. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's not controversial. It's not, um, you know, it's I don't think there's anyone out there who's like, oh, Corduroy. I hate Corduroy. Yeah, I don't think you can. Oh, I hate that bear. You can hate the clown. (laughs) Oh, sure, you can hate the clown. And I, I I suppose if you were forced to read Corduroy to people over and over, you might hate it for that reason. But even then, it's a beautiful book to look at. I'm going to leave, I'm going to go back on my Mm 6.5, just because it's kind of meh. I don't. I, yeah. My my five is a hate. I don't hate it. I don't love it. I like it. Yeah. I don't love it. Um, but it's a little meh. But maybe that's because I'm an adult. I'm not a kid. I'm you know not as enthralled with a bear running around a store at night, whereas a kid might think that's more interesting. And I'm sticking with my seven because the art, I think, is notable. Um, I think it's very beautiful. It looks almost like scratch art in some places, which is possible. Um, they, these days in the beginning of the book, they actually sometimes say what the art is. Uh, well, I like in book. the very back of the book, they mm-hmm. show you. Of the 10th anniversary edition. Yes. yes. Or, or not the 10th anniversary. I'm sorry. The 40th anniversary edition. Well, I like that the sketches that they did pretty much equal what yeah. came out in the final book. It's pretty close. It's very close. Um, and even in the sketches, it was not a white girl. Yeah, know? right from so the start. That was, a was very, not a... that was a very conscious decision that he made. It yep. wasn't by accident. I so. agree. I agree. Yep. Yeah, so um, I say seven, you say... 6.5. 6.5. So I say this is a classic. It's a classic. Hey! Yeah. You're a classic, Corduroy. You may remain on our shelves. Well done, sir. But... I, I would agree that if it being on a list of 1 to 100, 22, yeah, that sounds... That um, sounds about right to me. I'd even maybe go closer in the 30s, but... Yeah. Yeah. And I suspect if I did the poll today, it would end up in the 30s. So, yeah. yeah. You should yeah. do that poll again. I should. It was just so much work. It was so much work because you have to calculate all the point spreads. Now, if I knew how to do Excel... Uh, I can help you. Right, if you have to do that then. If you do the poll, give me all the data... And then I'll put it together. Okay. We may... There is another poll that I'm going to be doing, actually, for SLJ. It's not picture books, but I may need your help with that, so... Okay. Okay. Good to know. Hmm. <gasps> grown-up things we like. Grown-up things we like. With the grown-up, grown-up things that we got. Like, um... Uh, so this is a television show. Uh, series, in fact. And not very long. It's just... I think it's like eight, eight or nine episodes long, um, and it's making fun of this, like this particular kind of like true crime genre that's going on right now, um, like serial, how mm-hmm. to make a murderer, mm-hmm. um, uh, S Town. I, I uh, love all of those things. Go. Oh, on. really? S Town? Yeah. I actually listened to that. That's the only one of those I'd actually was familiar with. So, but it's still, it still helped me. So, 
Um, as when anything is popular, there must be a mock version of it. So this is a sort of a mockumentary, except it's done very seriously. Very seriously. Very seri so more Spinal Tap than uh, A Mighty Wind, I'd say. Okay. And it's, uh, it's called American Vandal. And a, a crime has occurred at a high school. Somebody has spray-painted 28 penises on 28. <laughs> See, right there, you're on board. Right there, you're on board. Onto 28 different faculty well, cars. Oh, yeah, to say it was penis. Yes. <laughs> a teen stands accused. And uh, and so this is the story of, uh, and it is Wait. it is pretty perfectly, like the tone. Where do you uh, watch this? This is available on Netflix. It's a Netflix series. And uh, it's been getting rave reviews. People love it uh, because it's pretty good on, like, <laughs> It's not just a one... It sounds like it could be just a one-joke show. Like, get it? We're making fun of true crime shows. But it... It gets to the point... And, uh, and on, they, they talked about this on a, on a Pop Culture Happy Hour uh, episode where they said that um, it gets to the point where you actually really want to know if he did it or not. <laughs> it's like... So it does that little crossover from, oh, this is really funny. I see what they're doing, too. Yeah, but I really actually want to know if he did it or not. And uh, so, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm by no means done with it, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. Uh, so that is American Vandal. Cool. On your Netflix there. Well, speaking of Netflix, mm. um, I am all aboard the Stranger Things bus or train, I guess. Choo, choo. Yep. Uh, so. Sorry, I anticipated your chew. Yeah, no, it's okay. I, I screwed up bus with train. Okay. It was, I knew it was some form it of transportation. It could be a trolley-shaped bus. And, okay. <laughs> So, uh, so this past year I went as Eleven from Stranger Things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I recall that. I, when the first season came out, I binge watched it very quickly. Mm -hmm. And then I waited a year for the next season to come out. As did we all. And I forgot everything. Yeah. So I have been, with the second season, I have been doing it very carefully, mm -hmm. very slowly, just one episode at a time, just taking my time, enjoying Savoring it. Savoring it. Yes. Yeah. And uh, for any of you who don't watch Stranger Things, I would say just watch the first episode of the first season. Yeah. And, I would say that's fair. And, and just give it a, a chance because I like... When I first watched it, I liked the fact that I really didn't know anyone. So mm -hmm. everyone was brand new to me. Now, like you didn't well, know the actors? Right. Well, yeah. I, I mean, other than Winona Ryder. Right. Everyone else was new to me. I think that was the case for me as well. Yes. Now you have, you know, one of the kids was in the movie It. Um, oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a little too close to the bone. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, that's too on the nose. The girl who plays Eleven, you yeah. know, has been getting a lot of publicity. She has. She's great. I love her. Um, she's she does a really good job of uh, rapping Nicki Minaj. In case you're ever wondering, and she has a very British. <laughs> well, accent. I was bad. <laughs> How did you know? But yeah, so I'm I'm enjoying Stranger Things season two. Excellent. Uh, slowly, carefully, deliciously, wonderfully. Really. Brilliantly. Brilliant. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I think that's all we have. Yeah. All right. I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow Betsy on Twitter at Fuse8. That's Fuse and 8. E-I-G-H-T. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. 
Our music is by Haddon givens Kime, and our relational brand agent is Drew Atienza. Views 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.